Hello, and welcome to the KPMG podcast series for tax, legal, and mobility leaders. We're focusing this podcast series on the ongoing global impacts of the Nobel coronavirus, COVID-19, by looking at the tax, legal, and mobility considerations and top-of-mind business issues that have resulted from this global situation. COVID-19 is affecting tax compliance and how businesses will prepare for future challenges, changes, and opportunities. In today's episode, I'm joined by Sean Blubwell, Global Head of Compliance Management Services, KPMG International, and a partner at KPMG in the US, and Brad Brown, Global Head of Tax Technology, KPMG International, and also a partner at KPMG in the US. We discuss some practical solutions businesses are using to manage tax compliance through and beyond COVID-19, and the important lessons to be learned around automation and technology tools that can support compliance processes today and into the future. Sean and Brad, thanks for taking the time to join me on the phone today. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Sean, I'd like you to kick off our conversation, if that's all right. As, as Global Head of Compliance Management Services, could you run us through some of the compliance issues that have arisen in light of the business disruption caused by the COVID-19 situation? So I think that the compliance issues that are arising vary from company to company. And I think early on, the issues were more practical issues. You know, how, how do you operate in an environment in which everybody is in different locations, um, you know, technology, working together as a team, et cetera. I think coming out of that, um, you know, obviously there's um, lots of regulation in terms of extension of deadlines and companies had to determine a strategy around how they were going to handle that. I think we're starting to see it shift more towards, um, you know, how, how do they do the tax accounting? How do they handle the planning around the impact of COVID? The, the, the ramifications of the impact that COVID is having on the business and how that trickles down not only to the compliance but the tax accounting, uh, cash forecasting, planning, et cetera. Um, and so, so, so now you're starting to emerge from the immediate reaction to how do I just keep, you know, things moving along to how, how do I start planning for how this is going to look in the future, uh, including, you know, how, how does this impact the way my, my department functions? Thanks, Sean. There's a lot to unpack there, and we'll come back to some of those points. But I'd like to get a quick view from Brad on on how businesses are leveraging technology in light of COVID-19. Well, the most obvious way that folks are leveraging technology currently in the crisis is uh, we've all been forced to work remotely. And so the initial wave of people's energy has definitely been around uh, leaning into uh, remote working tools. But we've also seen uh, a big pickup in less obvious areas, um, uh, increased use around workflow and process management tools, so tools that help us, you know, see where, where various tasks and where we are against milestones. And so you've seen an increase in interest in use, you know, around these tools to help us make efficient and continue to manage uh, our processes. Uh, another sort of less obvious way is there's been a spike in uh, what I'll say data management tools, and so we're starting to see uh, greater things like the use of Alteryx and uh, leveraging remote uh, uh, data warehousing, data data lake functionality. Uh, so again, these are among the many ways the technology seems to be uh, uh, on the rise, but I, again, it's very pervasive uh, in the current environment. Thanks, Brad. And Sean, how has this increased use of technology impacted workflow? Um, the, the one thing I've noticed recently, which I think is, is interesting, is I think the over-communication and, and, and really the management styles have started to evolve. I think people are starting to um, feel a little attrition around all the conference calls and video conferences that have gone on 
you hear people with the common refrain that they're on calls all day, and I think that's a reaction a little bit uh, to the need to over-communicate, and I see that being pulled back a little bit now and giving people a little bit more room as they're comfortable working in this remote environment to kind of get things done on their own. So you do see kind of the initial action, and now I think we're starting to see the reaction. And how are business leaders managing tax compliance globally through this crisis? Um, I, I think with a lot of the concepts we just talked about, you know, they are it's almost a back to basics. They're leaning into the fundamentals, whether that is the structure and governance of their organization and making sure the lines of communication are solid and there's there's enough um, connection and touch points with all the people in the organization to make sure the compliance is being done on time and being done the right way. And then also leaning into technology solutions that can kind of track and make sure things are moving along. I'd, I'd say the third element is leaning into their advisors. I, I think there's there's an appreciation for the fact that the advisors in some situations may be better positioned to deal with some of the challenges in some of these countries given the infrastructure that they can provide. And so advisors are strategically being used um, to kind of balance out the needs of companies as they, as they go through this. Brad, we're seeing a greater increase in technology use, but how has COVID-19 changed the overall digital transformation journey for businesses? I would say in a word, accelerated. Those uh, companies and those pieces of tax functions that have been more digitized have been much, much easier uh, to work in a distributed remote uh, setting that we find ourselves in right now. Uh, partly because of that, you've just seen the efficiencies and value of having um, having set yourself up to leverage technology. Uh, things like cloud uh, environments have just weathered the storm that we're in so much easier. And so in kind, you've seen uh, an uptick in folks starting to chart a course to get uh, whatever piece of their function is not leveraging sort of the latest and greatest and not being fully digitized to, to push in that direction. So really, I see this as um, a bit of a start uh, and an acceleration uh, for, for many in terms of their digital journey. Can you tell us how companies are recognizing the value of digital transformation and leveraging technology even more? So again, part of this is survival. Um, if you think about what we've been through in the last several weeks, is many of us have, have either uh, had to go through a, a tax accounting close and a quarter close or a year-end close or monthly tax filings, um, fully divorced from being in a physical office for the first time in a career. So, again, a big acceleration to say, aha, that was required. I saw the benefits of that, and, you know, where can I lean into it more? So a couple other examples we're seeing, you know, that's being motivated in the current environment, uh, modeling. So we, we are seeing uh, a plethora of uh, tax legislation around the globe in terms of trying to provide some incentives and support back to uh, businesses uh, from a tax uh, relief or from a payment relief perspective. And there's a lot of interplay amongst all of these uh, rules. And so you, you find companies looking at, um, you know, how, how do I uh, avail myself and what's the best ones to, to take advantage of. And so you've seen this, this uptick in, in sort of modeling and remote working or remote collaboration, all of which are dependent on technology to drive that. Similarly, there's a big data collection component of it. So if you look at um, a lot of the employee retention credit uh, opportunities that are around the globe, those are dependent on, on a lot of detailed facts and, uh, that are happening to us right now. So you've seen sort of this remote data collection exercise in terms of surveys and scanning for data, scanning for emails, all of which are enabled by technology. 
and really see this as a beginning of sort of this uh, another emergence of uh, tax departments wanting to uh, lean into technology and are seeing that rise in, in uh, chief tax officer's agenda, in my opinion. And how important has the cloud been to transforming connectivity between people and businesses on a global scale? Again, if you see the resiliency of companies that, that have gone through a fair amount of cloud transformation, those are the companies that had the easiest time with this. So I think really the last few months has been a, a, a shining commercial, if you will, of uh, cloud transformation. And so, I, you know, we're seeing clients become uh, more receptive to moving their workloads into the, into the cloud, which enables, again, sort of the two pieces the tax uh, functions have been looking for, you know, access and ability to manage data and in turn to work on automation, again, to support the notion of I've got more to do with, with less time and less resource to do it. So I can't stress enough sort of the, the value of the cloud and how the last several weeks have, have made us feel even more confident in our cloud transformation journey. And Sean, a lot of businesses are feeling a great deal of uncertainty at the moment. How are you advising your clients to manage through this period? So I think any time there's uncertainty, you know, the, the advice to clients, you, you have to be careful, right? Because uncertainty is translates different for different clients, uh, com- companies with different size, um, you know, different resources, different areas of focus. Um, for the most part, though, the, the, you know, in terms of how we advise and what we see companies doing is 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 really um, putting their resources into into understanding the potential outcomes and doing scenario plans so that they're in a position once the uncertainty kind of fades away and there becomes a clearer path as to what's happening, they're ready for it. So that that might be, you know, getting through the here and now in terms of extensions, returns, filings, getting the team set up remotely, um, to starting to establish the data models and interpret and adjust the rule changes so that they're ready um, you know, and all they have everything that they need at their fingertips in, in order to pivot and plan as the uncertainty becomes less clear. And then you have other other companies that have the resources and they've already started to plan under multiple scenarios uh, so that they're ready uh, when and when and where they, they they need to be. Brad, are you seeing examples where companies are making a case for transformation based on today's current environment? I think what departments are facing uh, currently is. Some are, are uh, having even more to do. So the trend that was happening before uh, COVID-19 in terms of uh, do more uh, with less uh, is uh, only getting more intense. So the business case to look for enablement from technology and automation that's become even stronger. So we're seeing tax executives point to the urgency that it's become not a matter of choice, but something that's required. You're also seeing some departments take the um, more for more attitude. Uh, again, picking up on the point of there's a bunch of tax legislation uh, that companies can avail themselves currently uh, requires some additional work uh, in terms of analysis of the law, modeling what that will do to them, and choosing the right path to go, as well as collecting the facts and data to support taking the various credits and incentives. So this rebirth and energy around tax planning is, you know, driving the need uh, for leveraging technology and, and digitizing their approach. So this, there's more ability to articulate the value of leveraging technology because it can drive uh, uh, potential liquidity in these times where many companies are looking for liquidity. 
Sean, around the world, there are a number of COVID-related measures and incentives being offered to businesses. What are you hearing from clients and how they're reacting to these changes? There's two areas of direct impact. Um, so the one is just in terms of extensions of time to file. Um, you know, and, and, and companies that have struggled kind of adopting to what's happened on here are taking advantage of them. But I would say that the vast majority of my clients are not. They've decided they want to keep on a normal pattern. Um, and they've gone to great lengths to do that. So I, I think that's the first one. And I think the second one is there's just legislative changes that have given relief to taxpayers. And it's, it's different for different taxpayers in different situations. But I think the biggest impact now, um, one is on cash flow. I think the second is on the tax accounting. And in a relatively short amount of time, because the rules often you know, provide that you have to take into account the impact of the changes in the quarter that the legislation has adopted, uh, tax departments are having to digest the new rules, uh, interpret them, and then determine the impact it will have on the company. And that's creating a, a lot of work and, and a lot of stress on tax departments right now. So I think it's really a combination of those two things is, is what we tend to see. Brad, how is KPMG using technology to help clients stay on top of the changes Sean's outlined? Uh, so we've definitely heard from our clients that there are two issues. Uh, one is how do I keep up and, and assess, you know, what's happening? Uh, problem two is then being able to assess uh, what that does for me. So uh, for KPMG, we've uh, enhanced our KPMG digital platform, which is our proprietary uh, client-facing uh, front door for sort of all things uh, tax uh, technology for our clients with a news feature. And so this is representative of sort of what we think helps with problem number one, you know, the law that's out there, allowing clients to, you know, filter and uh, track both from a jurisdiction basis, from a tax site basis, and a timing perspective in terms of the evolving uh, rule set. The second problem in terms of what does it mean for me, you're seeing companies, you know, build these fairly elaborate models to try to understand the law, what's the financial impact to the company as well as the interdependency across them. And with respect to that, uh, for us, you know, we've got a KPMG Global Evaluator tool that similarly says it allows companies to do the scenario planning. That's the pattern that we see our clients doing either themselves or leaning into a trusted advisor um, looking for enablement on what, what are the rules and then secondly, you know, what's the financial impact on the complex area, but I think companies are uh, finding some help out there. Sean, there are currently a number of delays in filing financial accounts in some jurisdictions where there are COVID-related tax reliefs. Do clients need to worry about this as it relates to forecasting and filing? I, I think obviously, right? I mean, I think this, this affects everything, um, you know, particularly in terms of your tax accounting. We, we touched on it earlier, but there's unique challenges in terms of forecasting right now. And, you know, the uh, you know, the auditors will have a, a closer view in terms of the forecasts that are used to project effective tax rates, um, where are the numbers coming from, where's the softness in the numbers, how does it impact uh, the allocation of tax expense between jurisdictions. And so there's going to be an increased emphasis on that and probably a need for the tax department to get closer and closer to those numbers because they'll have a bigger impact on the effective tax rate than maybe some of the some, some other factors would be. Um, and, then, and then it doesn't just stop with the tax accounting. That that softness or that uncertainty will also impact things like cash flow projections or the calculations of estimated tax payments uh, because a lot of those are based on estimated numbers. And so the ability to really understand where those numbers are coming from, um, not just on a consolidated basis but on a legal entity basis, which, of course, means rolling up your sleeves from a transfer pricing standpoint and making sure 
you know, on a real-time basis, your, your financial model takes that into account and gets you good legal entity data. That's going to be very important. And so the companies that have those models and can run those alternate solutions and are flexible and can pivot will be in a much better position than those who can't. Thanks, Sean. Brad, in many jurisdictions, tax authorities have been ambitious in becoming technology-driven organisations. How are you seeing companies respond in the current climate? This has been one of the really interesting places, in my opinion. Um, so, so the first thing to recognise is that uh, not all tax authorities are in the same place in their journey. Uh, so you, you said it well. It, they have been ambitious, a number of them been very ambitious. Uh, others have been more aspirational, I'd say. And uh, the current climate, with everything going on, I would say that um, whereas a lot of things have been accelerated on the company side, um, while some have been accelerated on the tax authority side, uh, I would say it's not as pervasive in terms of them continuing their digital journey over the last three months, which has given companies a chance to step back uh, and, you know, assess their own roadmap against it. So, again, I think uh, a bit of dichotomy is, is emerging. You're seeing a, um, a willingness of, of certain tax authorities to realize the environment that they're in and opening up and making a few things easier. Uh, so a really easy example of that is electronic signatures. So for those of us that are still required to file a paper return in certain jurisdictions, you're starting to see uh, a movement from a requirement of a wet signature on those to allowing for an e-signature just recognizing the remoteness. I think where the struggle has still been is in some of the e-filing um, and other areas with which taxing authorities are inserting themselves into taxpayers' tax process, the filing process electronically and expecting that electronic interchange. We've heard a fair amount of, if I didn't quite have that uh, digital handshake correct with, with the government before COVID, it's gotten a lot harder. So this is really, I would say, one of the more unsettled areas. A slight pause in some areas are relaxing in others. And, you know, there's still this kind of challenging third bucket where uh, there's an expectation from the government that's gotten hard uh, to, to manage in the current remote environment. So I think this is an area that I think is unsettled, and we need to keep our eye on it as we kind of continue with this new normal. So, Sean, I, I guess this all highlights the importance of flexibility during this period. Um, I think one could argue it's always important, but I think... Um, there's, there's an emphasis on it now, and you're starting to see um, companies that have those skills really flex those muscles in terms of their ability to adjust on the fly, um, in terms of their ability to pivot from, you know, one issue to the next. And I think the example I talked about earlier, in terms of, you know, pivoting from just getting everybody to be able to work remotely and get things done to, okay, now we've got to pivot and understand how it's going to attack or impact our tax provision or how do we impact our planning uh, going forward. Um, and then some organizations starting to say, well, you know, there's some lessons that are being learned out of this. How, how do we pivot and start to change the way we're going to do business even once this is over? And so it's that flexibility and agility. It's not only being reflected in what's happening today, but it's it's also being reflected in how organizations are looking forward, you know, and in how to come out of this. And Brad, are you seeing any examples of companies pushing forward in new directions as a result of today's circumstances? I think, again, crisis has been a great motivator. Uh, for people to look at the problem in a different way. A really simple example is we've seen a lot of tax departments uh, stand up 
uh, new uh, remote working uh, technologies. So uh, Zoom or Microsoft Teams, uh, things that were sort of on the back burner before, all of a sudden, you know, the rollouts are happening within days or weeks. We wouldn't have seen that, you know, without the crisis. Another piece that we've seen required is sort of the teaming. So if you think about uh, taxes being is often uh, in strong partnership with other pieces of the organization and just leveraging the need in the current space to bring tax and finance together to help work on forecasts for a tax provision or uh, tax and legal to come together to understand sort of the changes um, in the organization structure, tax and supply chain coming together to understand the disruptions of supply chain given COVID are all sort of fueling, okay, how do I transfer data more efficiently? How do I uh, collaborate more efficiently? Each of those um, sort of collaborative decisions are having folks uh, enable new technologies. So again, the example of the remote tools of using Microsoft Teams or file transfers or leveraging to data transfer capabilities of, of cloud that, that, that wouldn't have happened before. The juxtaposition of the crisis and the need to act fast is bringing people together and getting them motivated to move fast. So it's been very exciting to see. Thanks, Brad. Sean, let's talk about outsourcing of compliance activities. How has this worked in the current environment? Um, I think you started to see companies um, really become inquisitive in terms of how this model works because of what we're faced with right now. Um, they're able to leverage um, all the investments that the, the, the outsourcing firm has made in their own backup plan, which the accounting firms can do on a scale that no individual company would, would probably do just for their tax department. I, I think they're also appreciating, you know, some of the benefits of working, you know, remotely and how, you know, that flexibility and agility that we just talked about earlier with working remotely also translates into flexibility and agility with working with other partners like a, like a co-sourcing partner. And, 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 you know, there's now a new openness to try different types of models that, that, that before, um, you know, may not have been, uh, the company may not have been in a position or had willingness to, to try, but, but now we're almost being forced into like that, that type of routine. And Brad, do tax leaders you talk to think these changes in light of COVID-19 are here to stay, or will they go back to how things were before? Yes. It's funny, as I caucus with various chief tax officers, there's a range of where this will all land in terms of a new normal. Uh, having said that, it's harder and harder for me to find uh, those that think that we're going to snap back and look like we did before uh, the COVID crisis. And so the range has, has been, uh, for the most part, is that we need to define tax operating models that support probably a hybrid model where we find ourselves working re remotely a little bit more than we did before on the low end to on the high end. I uh, have heard from some chief tax officers that they really don't expect any full-time uh, re-engagement in person of their tax departments in the future. So you, you see this range. That new way of working, as I said, is going to impact uh, sort of the target operating model for tax functions going forward. Sean, picking up on some of the things that Brad's just said, prior to COVID-19, many organisations were rethinking their target operating models for their tax functions. From discussions you've had, is this intensifying or something that tax leaders are shying away from? So it's probably a tad early to know for sure um, because we're, we're still in the middle of it. But but I can give you a couple points of reference. Uh, one is, you know, to the extent we've entered into these discussions around the tax operating model before the crisis, 
those conversations haven't stopped. It's that it tells you that it is still top of mind and, and probably even more top of mind based on the experiences that our clients are going through. I think the other piece of anecdotal evidence is just through conversations we've had with CTOs and CFOs, um, this, this idea of advancing the target operating model of investing um, has become very popular. They're much more focused on how agile their workforce is. Are there alternative ways of resourcing, you know, different elements within their tax form? And I think seeing what's happened over the last few weeks and kind of the opportunities that can fall by the wayside if you're not prepared for something like this and you don't have an operating model that, that's, that's agile, you know, is, is generating conversation. And so I would anticipate that the conversation that we're seeing now will carry over into to much more detailed conversations, discussions, and, 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 you know, companies taking a closer look at this operating model in light of, of this, of this new environment. I just think, you know, what we're going through recently may accelerate some of these conversations and change the way we have this conversation. Thanks, Sean. And finally, as we bring this conversation to a close, I'd like to ask you both what your predictions are as we emerge from this situation. Brad, can I start with you? Uh, tough question. As none of us have a crystal ball. Uh, but probably a few come to mind that I'd, I'd want to highlight. One, I think, without a doubt, technology continues to move up on the agenda, which should be an enabler for uh, tax functions to continue to evolve. I think another one will be how they access technologies. So, you know, historically, I think a lot of uh, companies felt that they were responsible for assembling and building their own technology. And my sense is because this is an area where they want to be both really solid and leaning into current and emerging trends, there's going to be this movement to even more sort of outside-in thinking in terms of where they acquire uh, their technology. I think another trend that we'll see is on the human side, you know, the tax professional in the future, if you will. You're going to see tax folks get more technology advanced in their skills. So I think you're going to continue to see this movement to uh, um, citizen developers, if you will, that they're almost, um, you know, two-thirds tax person, one-third technology person. And then finally, I would say, I think coming out of this, you're going to see things like uh, cloud is going to go from sort of used somewhat middling to being, you know, everywhere pervasive just because of speed, the scalability and agility that it provides, Uh, but also things like artificial intelligence. I think the thirst for hyper-automation is going to drive greater demand and use of artificial intelligence, and we're already seeing uh, a third example around blockchain. I think uh, just in the middle of this crisis, you're seeing folks use blockchain for trade and customs and intercompany pricing. I just think that that technology is uh, beginning to get proven a little bit more in the midst of this crisis. So those are just a few. I'm sure you'll have your own, but those are the predictions I see coming out of the crisis. And Sean? So, so it's interesting. I think the obvious answer here that you keep hearing from everybody is, well, you know, the world will, will change in terms of virtual meetings and virtual workplaces, and everybody will work from home, and, and the meetings will stop. And I do think there's there's obviously a lot of truth to the level of comfort people will get with the environment that we're working in now. But, but I don't think it'll be as severe as we necessarily think. I think there will be an equilibrium that will reach. Um, I think this is a challenge. I think we probably needed a challenge to our business in terms of how we work together. I think this has clearly done that. It's made us rethink that. But I don't think it will necessarily settle at the extreme we're in today. Um, it will it'll challenge the leaders to think of the best way uh, to optimize their tax department. And that will land somewhere in the middle in terms of you know where people are located, how they work together, the technology they work, use, et cetera. 
but, but, but to be honest, I'm extremely bullish. I, I think any time you go through a crisis, I think it, that that's really when kind of the ingenuity and the leadership rises to the top. And, and I won't be surprised if we see that with most of the organizations that we're working with, that it'll be a very difficult period for everybody. But then when we come out of it, I think there'll, there'll be some real benefits that we reap as a profession. Sean, Brad, on behalf of our listeners, thank you for your time today. And thanks for sharing your thinking around the global impacts of COVID-19 on tax compliance and technology processes and the way businesses can transform in a digital way as they plan and prepare for the future. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for your time today. Okay. For more information and resources on COVID-19, visit home.kpmg.com forward slash COVID-19 tax and legal. Join us again next time and please email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. And we'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>